0: chapter 21 of the exploits of juve by Marcel lane and pierre suvestre this LibriVox recording is in the public domain chapter 21 at the montmartre fête the fête of montmartre was at its height in the place blanche a joyous crowd was pressing round a booth of huge dimensions splendidly lighted on the stage a cheap jack decked out in many-coloured frippery was delivering his patter walk in ladies and gentlemen it's only ten cents and you won't regret your money the management of the theater will present to you without delay the prettiest woman in the world and also the fattest who weighs a trifle over six hundred pounds and possibly more as no scale has yet been found strong enough to weigh her without breaking into a thousand pieces you will also have the rare and weird sight of a black from abyssinia whose splendid ebony hide has been tattooed in white Furthermore, a young girl of scarcely fourteen summers will astound you by entering the cage of the ferocious beasts whose terrible roarings reach you here. The programme is most interesting, and after these incomparable attractions you will applaud the cinema in colours, the latest exploit of modern science, showing a recent tour of the President of the Republic, and himself in person delivering his speech to an audience as numerous as it is select. You will also see... Reproduced in the most stirring and lifelike manner all the details of the mysterious murder which at this moment engages public interest and keeps the police on tenterhooks the crime at the Cite Frochot with the murdered woman the empired clock and the extinguished candle all the accessories in full including the collapse of the elevator into the sewer the show is beginning it has begun among the throng surrounding the mountebank three persons seemed especially amused by the peroration they were two gentlemen very elegant and distinguished in evening clothes and with them a pretty woman wearing a loose silk mantle over her low dress she put her lips to the ear of the older of her companions who with his turned-up mustache and gray hair looked like a cavalry officer she murmured to him these strange words squinted the guy on the left the one passing before the clock sellers booth that's one of the gang he was in the Simplon affair. The pretty Parisian so smartly dressed, was no other than Josephine. The young man with the fair beard was Fandor, and the cavalry officer was Juve. The three now worked together. The partnership dated from the afternoon that Josephine escaped arrest thanks to the lucky intervention of Juve. The latter had little belief in the young woman's innocence, but by getting her on his side he hoped to secure information as to Lupart's doings juve was talking to a ragged arab staring nougat to the passers-by ay sir explained the arab i have been dogging little mamille since two this afternoon bravo my dear Michel! your disguise is a perfect success josephine came suddenly close and pulled juve by the sleeve and then pointed to a group of persons who were crossing the place blanche without troubling further about the arab juve at once began to follow this group motioning to josephine and fandor to follow him closely the three threaded their way through the crowd with a thousand precautions seeking to avoid attention yet not losing sight of their quarry all three had recognized Lupart. the outlaw dressed in a long blouse with a tall cap and armed with a stout cudgel was walking among half a dozen individuals similarly attired by their garb they would be taken for cattle herbers from la villette this group proceeded slowly in the direction of place pigalle and juve who was pressing hard on his quarry slackened his pace in order to let them forge ahead a little the square which was surrounded by brilliantly illuminated restaurants was a flood of light and the detective did not want people to notice him moreover the pseudo cattle drivers had stopped too gathering round loupart they listened attentively to his remarks made in a low voice clearly they were accomplices of the robber who perhaps realized that they were being followed. Fandor, who had put his arms through Josephine's, felt the young woman's heart beating as though it would burst. They were all playing for high stakes. Josephine, especially, was in a compromising and dangerous plight. Not only had she to fear the wrath of her lover, but she ran the risk of being spotted by one of the many satellites of the gang of ciphers, in which case her condemnation would be certain. Fandor encouraged her with a few kind words. You know, mademoiselle, you mustn't be frightened. If I am not greatly mistaken, Lupart is about to be nabbed, and once in Juve's hands, he won't get out of them in a hurry. Josephine's perturbation was scarcely quieter, and Fandor, a trifle skeptical, asked himself whether in reality the girl was on their side, or if she were not playing the game of false information. Suddenly something fresh happened. Lupart, separating himself from his companions, entered a restaurant upon which the words, the crocodile were inscribed in dazzling letters on its front the crocodile comprised like most night resorts a large saloon on the ground floor and a dining room on the first floor which was reached by a little stairway and guarded by a giant clad in magnificent livery above this were apartments and private rooms just then as it was near midnight a number of carriages were bringing couples in evening dress who mounted the staircase to their great surprise "'Fandor and Josephine saw Loupart make for this staircase. "'The long smock of the seeming cattle-driver "'would certainly make a queer showing. "'What was the formidable robber's game? "'Juve gave hasty directions. "'It's all right. I know the house. "'It has only one exit. "'You, Rameau,' he went on, addressing the young woman, "'go up to the first floor and take your place at a table. "'Here are ten dollars. "'Order champagne and don't be too stiff with the company.' "'Josephine nodded and went upstairs juve and fandor followed a few minutes later and took up strategic positions at a table near the doorway fandor had a view of the room and juve commanded the hall and stairway from the room came a confused hum of laughter cries and doubtful jokes a negro clad in red and armed with a gong capered among the tables dancing and singing fandor caught sight of josephine who appeared to be carrying out juve's instructions beside her was a fair giant of red complexion and clean-shaven face whose anglo-saxon origin was beyond doubt fandor knew the face he had seen the man somewhere he remembered his square shoulders and bull-like neck and the enormous biceps which stood out under the cloth of his sleeves by jove he cried suddenly why it's dixon the american heavyweight champ juve signaled to the waiter to bring in the bill as he fitted a monocle into his right eye fandor stared at him surprised "'Well, Juve, when you get yourself up as a man of the world, you omit no detail.' Juve made no reply for some moments, then turned to his companion. "'Who else do you see in the room?' Fandor looked carefully, and then made a gesture of amazement. Chaleck, Chaleck is over there eating his supper!' "'Yes,' said Juve simply, "'and you are stupid not to have seen him before.' The profile of the mysterious doctor was in fact outlined very sharply at a table, amply served and covered with bottles and flowers around which half a score of persons men and women had taken their places without turning his head juve remarked judging by the action of the person who is at this moment lighting a cigar the supper is not far from coming to an end come now juve have you eyes in your back how can you know what is going on at doctor chaleck's table while you were looking in the opposite direction juve handed his eyeglass to the journalist ah now i see A trick eyeglass with a mirror in it. Not a bad idea. It is quite simple, murmured Juve. The main thing is to have thought of it. Come, let us go down. What? And desert the doctor? An arrest should never be made in a public place when it can be avoided. Here, give me your card that I may send it up with mine. Juve called Monsieur Dominique, the manager, and pointing out Chaleck to him, said, Monsieur Dominique, please give our cards to that gentleman, and say we are waiting outside to speak to him. In a few moments, Chaleck came out of the saloon to the Place Pigalle. His face was calm and his glance unmoved. Juve laid his hand upon the doctor's shoulders and, signaling to a subordinate in uniform, cried, "Doctor Chaleck, I arrest you in the name of the law." Chaleck quietly flicked off his cigar ash and smiled. "Do you know, Monsieur Juve, I am not pleased with you. I read in the papers during a recent holiday abroad that you have pulled my house absolutely to pieces." that was not nice of you when we had been on such good terms this speech was so startling so unlooked for that juve though not easily surprised had nothing to answer for the moment meanwhile chaleck tamely let himself be dragged toward the station in the rue rochefoucauld the fine fellow thought juve must have got his whole case prepared he will give us a run for our money still it must the detective gave vent to a loud yell they had just got to the point where the Rue Rochefoucauld is intersected by the Rue Notre-Dame de Lorette. A cab drawn by a big horse was moving in one direction, and a motor-bus coming from another. It had already cleared the Rue Pigalle, and in a second would cut across the Rue Rochefoucauld, when Chaleck, literally coming out of the Inverness coat he wore, leaped ahead of Juve, dodged under the cab horse, and boarded the bus which rapidly went on its way. All of this had been accomplished in an instant. Left dumbfounded, face to face, Juve and Fandor, together with the officer, contemplated the only token left by Shalak. An elegant Inverness cloak with capes, which, oddly enough, had shoulders and arms, arms of India rubber, so well imitated that through the cloth they distinctly gave the impression of human arms. Juve let fly a tremendous oath, then turned to Fandor and cried, What about Lupart? The two men hastily reascended the Rue Pigalle. They counted on standing sentry again before the crocodile. But as they reached the square juve and fandor were faced by fresh surprises a powerful motor-car was slowly getting under way in it was the american dixon with josephine beside him was the girl playing them false that was the most important thing to ascertain the car made off at a good pace toward the place cliché half a moment later juve was bowling after them in a taxi calling to fandor as he left look after the other Fandor understood the other referred to Lupart, and carefully pumped Monsieur Dominique, but could get no further news from him. So after waiting an hour for Juve to return, he went home to bed far from easy in his mind. Juve followed the American through Billancourt, past Sevres Bridge, and finally into the Bellevue district, when, opposite Brimboison Park, Dixon, with the air of a proprietor, took his motor into a fine looking estate. Then having housed the car, the pugilist with Lupart's mistress, went into the house, which was lit up for half an hour, after which all was plunged again into darkness. Juve had left his taxi at the bottom of the hill, and having cleared the low wall of the grounds, hid himself in view of the house. He waited until daybreak, but nothing occurred to trouble the peace and hush of the night, and then, unwilling to be seen in his evening clothes by chance passers-by, he regretfully returned to the Rue Bonaparte. End of Chapter 21